What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fuck Your Feelings. I'm your host, Brunson. Got the fellas on the line, Jay Knowledge, Smitty, and B Hicks. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? I'm good. I just unmuted my microphone, so now I can tell you that I'm good. That's what's up. Jeffrey? I'm good, too. I'm doing pretty good. All right. Good. Hey, you so let's go right into it. Um, first and foremost, we're going to start off with uh, Rodney Reed. Um, shout out to Rodney Reed for all the hard work everybody around the country been putting in in regards to getting him a stay of execution. Um, if you haven't known or haven't heard, you know, you've been living on the rock in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Rodney Reed was charged back in 1996. Um, for the murder of a lover that he was dating at the time um, who he was responsible for or allegedly responsible for murdering. And so he's been in prison ever since and he's had, I think this is his second stay of execution, um, but new evidence came out in regards to the Innocent Project. They had new evidence in regards to he, you know, the DNA saying he wasn't even there. He wasn't available to be, you know, at the same time her murder, not to mention her ex-husband who had a history of abusing and assaulting women who had served 10 years in prison, also who was a law enforcement agency agent at the time. Um, got off for that case, but that had a witness that was in, um, in the federal prison with him who stated that, you know, he admitted to the murder. So, you know, just pretty much uh, just the history in regards of this this man who spent the majority of his life incarcerated for a crime he didn't commit. So, Brandon, I'm going to start off with you. You know, just give me some thoughts and a little bit of background of what's going on. Okay, so to start off with, uh, I thought your summation was cool, except for they wasn't married yet. He was her fiance. Uh, the I think his last name is Fennel, Fennel. or whatever his name is, but they wasn't married yet. And then um, the evidence that came out is essentially people suggesting that it was the fiance that probably did it and that a lot of the evidence that was being presented or the, the focus went on Rodney Reed after they shifted the investigation from the fiance. So what you looking at, Smitty? <laughs> You're not gonna say nothing. You in the middle of speaking. Oh well, I was waiting for you to respond, but uh, I think this is a good thing because it, when any new evidence comes forward in instances like this, that can get people that are unfortunately being uh, wrongly persecuted, essentially, especially when it comes to capital punishment. Uh, we spoke on this a few podcasts ago, I believe, at least one that I participated on. And I don't remember if I referenced it or not, but I'm going to hold this up for y'all to see. Uh, I read this book years ago. It's called Closed Chambers, and it's by a uh, a person who clerked for a Supreme Court justice. And it talks about all the different instances where they have uh problems with supreme court cases particularly evidence coming out that uh will 
make it so that someone is essentially innocent or at least there's enough for a reasonable doubt in regards to them having committed a capital crime and therefore they shouldn't be killed. Uh, I spoke on before, I'm not a big fan of long prison sentences and I'm also not a fan of us killing people as a society when we aren't 100% sure, at least so far beyond a reasonable doubt sure, that they should essentially go because life is precious and all that good stuff. So I'm going to leave it with that. Okay. Uh, Smitty, give me your thoughts. So, so this is what baffled me. This is what I was looking at, Brandon. Um, yeah. um so uh Jimmy Fentanyl, right? That's her, her fiance, right? You know, he was convicted. He pleaded, or he pleaded guilty to a 2008 kidnapping of a woman, mm-hmm. right? When he while he was on uh, while he was uh he encountered on duty. Uh he's the woman says she he also raped her. Don't this sound like guilty? Um Stacey's <laughs> case. Like, don't that just sound like he has a he has a history of this? Mm-hmm. Wait, so you said two thousand eight? Two thousand eight. This is when the the police officer he know because he was a police officer. Uh, yeah. Her fiance was a police officer. Every to me, he he should been prime. He should been Una, suspect Una, um suspect number one. Like he was, but they cleared him very quickly. Well, because he Under, was a like, shady circumstances. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, he wasn't really, he was never really cleared, though. And and the fact is that, like, a lot of stuff I read about this, it makes perfect sense on why Rodney got convicted. Um, Because he was, you know, they were having an affair. They were having an affair. Right. And, and so... He was a side piece, essentially. Yeah. And he admitted it. Like, yeah, this like so so the thing that convicted him was the DNA. Right? Well like, he didn't admit it initially. He admitted it later. Initially he denied it. Yeah. But I mean, but the DNA attacked like convicted him. Like that was a big thing about like DNA, right? Yeah. His DNA was out. But it was, but he has a, it's a probable su- suggestion that he had he was he was uh he would have his DNA on her because they weren't having an affair. Right. Um uh, and and all the like court witnesses and all the jailhouse snitches, none of that stuff to me is credible information. Um unless you unless you have other information that leads you to that truth. Everything else led him to me leads to his innocence, right? And I and I've read some stuff and I've read some of the evidence and I'm just looking like I'm like, hmm. I'm like, this is why. This is clearly why I'm de- against the death penalty. Like, completely, completely. Like, there is no situations where you like you can have a video. The person could have been. The person could have been. The person could confess. I'm still saying no because okay, wait. No idea. That that guy that shot up uh, the movie theater when what was that when not when Joker came out but what was that when Dark Knight came out? Yeah, yeah, the Batman. Yeah. And didn't he kill like 17 people or something like that? Mm-hmm. Didn't they give him the death penalty or did they give him insanity? I think he pleaded insanity, but I have to look that up for you. Um, if he was but, convicted, you wouldn't kill him? Nope. Okay. Um, because at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, we have no idea what technology comes out, what information comes out. We don't know what could happen. Like, like this, this thing happens that the government put them up to it. I'm just, I know that's not the case, but just say that happened, right? Just put fear in people. Like, should he still, should, now the government killed, killed him to cover up their, their wrongdoing? You know, so I'm all about, like, you know, because if we put, like, before DNA, we have put people to death on less evidence. <laughs> on less evidence, okay? And, uh, um, on less evidence. So, I'm, I am definitely all about, um, uh, making sure that people stay alive just because innocent people will be killed in this justice system because our justice system is imperfect because it relies on people. And that's where my main point is that you cannot kill people when you are relying on people to judge people. Absolutely not. Because they're imperfect. People make mistakes all the time. Uh, but just to kind of clarify, his um, his stay execution is permanent, actually, because it's going to go back to trial, the lower court. So they're asking the lower court, the, the Texas Court of Appeals sent it back to the to the uh, trial court. So he's going to get a new trial. But he's still on death row. Yeah, he's still on death. He's still on death row. Technically. Uh, Technically, he should be coming off death row because he got to go back to trial. So he's going to be rearranged and all that good stuff. Okay. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, too, am not for the death penalty just because I don't believe in this uh, the injustice system. So uh, I feel like the uh, justice system is proportionally targeted towards black. Uh, I looked at some statistics. There's a... Uh, we are 13% of the population and 34% of death row inmates. So I already know, like, it's skewed against against Pan-Africans. So I will never, ever support it just because that's what Smitty said. You rely on people judging. So <clears throat> will never be for capital punishment. So uh, first off, let me get this off and, you know, I'm not trying to make light of the situation because, you know, I'm very happy for the man. But, Smitty, are you okay down there in Texas? Because Texas has been doing some wild shit this last, like, year. Like, y'all about to beat out Florida for the most fuck shit happening within a year. <laughs> Florida, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, I don't have I don't have that, uh, that fear of Texas, right? Um, I think Texas does do some some crazy some crazy stuff, um, but at the same time, I stay away from. I try to stay away from trouble as much as possible, <laughs> um, and I use the tips and tricks that we provided in in an episode um, how to avoid, how to not to get killed by the cops. Right, but you know, I but you know, there's you know, you just gotta be you just gotta be careful, man. It. But I, you know, every time, like every time I see the police, I'm super nervous. You know, it's to the point where, so <laughs> I'm gonna tell a story, and and this is totally off topic, but one of my friends got killed a long time ago, 
yeah. right after high school, and he was killed by EMS. And Rest to this day, I am nervous about EMS driving by me. To this day, like, like as soon as I see him, I, I freeze up, right? Like when, it, like you see the fire trucks or something, I freeze up, right? Um, and I feel the same way about the police now. Like I freeze up when I see a cop. I don't care what they're doing. They turn it. I'm like panic. Like they gonna pull me over? Like do I roll on the ground? Like what do I do? Like, like so I'm totally 100 nervous about the police and and. Not especially in Texas, but just in general. You know, it don't matter where I am. I'm really nervous about the police. Um. So, and I and I get that because uh, I too, and I'm pretty sure the majority of us, you know, here today would agree to being, you know, somewhere similar to being, you know, nervous when law enforcement is behind them or approaches them or, you know, I, it is a unnerving thing. You know, and it's just it shouldn't be like that, especially when. They're supposed to be there to protect and serve citizens. Um, back to Rodney Reed, though, in, in his situation, um, you guys brought up a good point as whether or not you do or don't believe in the death penalty. I, my personal self, cannot say one way or the other if I believe in the death penalty or don't or whether or not it should exist because I know if something happened to a family member of mine. Or if, uh, you know, something happened to a family member of mine, I would want justice. And then I would want either A, to be the person pulling the trigger, or B, to see them execute the way my loved ones no longer here. So, but I mean, at the same time, I do agree that, you know, our justice system, you know, is fair, you know, far from being fair, equal. Um, and it has all these biases that it does. And so to say that, I mean, on countless occasions, you hear, people being executed and it wasn't them or countless cases you hear just people being in prison and years later, you know, coming out of prison and saying, Oh my bad, I fucked up. It, it wasn't you or, you know, no the evidence pointing to you or somebody coming forward. So now I get that to that point stance, but I mean, at the same time, I'm human and, you know, I, kind of, I, I believe in vengeance. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, but in the case of Rodney Reed, I, I, I am glad he had a stay of execution. Um, at least a trial can be heard again with some new presented evidence, um, better DNA testing that is going on today versus that was taking place in, I think that was 96, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, like I said, I, I believe it's a good thing that he got a stay of execution. Um, and shout out to him. Hopefully he is in this next trial exonerated of all charges. Um, and the real killer, you know, is finally put behind bars because someone did lose their life in this incident. Um, and the young lady was lost from her family and, you know, her loved ones as well. And her future what's, was special. What's really interesting is I think some of her family members are on board that he's innocent. Yeah, I think um, I've seen something like that. And then my other thought with this is that there's enough reasonable doubt that for the prosecutor to have to overcome, I mean, it's. I mean, you being a reasonable jury, sometimes, I don't know how these juries convict these people, but um, They fucked up. That's how they do it. Yeah, but I'll be, I be looking at this evidence, like, sometimes I read these I read these case files, and I'll be, I be like, how did y'all convict these people? <laughs> you uh, know? Just, I mean, haven't you seen how they see us, or when they see us? I forgot which one it's called. Uh-huh. And they see us, and no, I haven't. Yeah, so you will see. Hey, it was a it was a great episode of Blackish uh, about this. 
And, like, I felt Anthony Anderson's pain because, like, I was on jury duty once, and I was the only black dude there, and the case was a domestic violence case. I think I spoke on this on the podcast before, and essentially it was a brother, and he was getting accused of domestic violence, and the whole case was, like, whether or not, one, he whooped the girl's ass, and two, whether or not she was his girlfriend or they was in a relationship or not because that would determine how sentencing would go. If they was in a relationship, there was one set of standards, and if they wasn't, then there was a different set of standards. And then on this episode of Blackish, Anthony Anderson is, like, trying to give the brother a fair shot, and everybody else on the jury was white, and they was like, fuck it, convict that nigga, string him up right now. And I went through the exact same thing, where I was the only one that was like, hey, can we at least introduce the idea that he may or may not have done all that she alleged that he did. Uh, so in a lot of these cases, what, what you were saying earlier, Smitty, is like, how do people get to the point where they just convict these people? Because they don't even look at the evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite movies is Runaway Jury with John Cusack and uh, what's her name? Vice, Rachel Vice, And it's based off a book by John Grisham. And it's the same kind of thing where if people don't look at the evidence and they've already developed their biases or they've already got paid off or whatever else going on in the background, then you run into these instances where it's almost obvious that somebody isn't completely. I think, I, what do you think about, what do you think about cameras in a jury room? Let's, we can say that for another podcast, but am I in favor of them? Is your question? We we'll talk about it on another podcast. Let's no, 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 no. We here now. Talk about now. Yeah, we here now. Yeah. So, like having cameras in a jury room, so you can actually review what the actual jury discussed, and then what purpose can, was like, that, sir? Well, you can see what biases were played. Yeah, but I mean, again, in in the way that our criminal justice system is structured, what purpose would that serve to know what because the because because two things one. If the judge provided a, a, an order, right, and they considered it anyway, that's a violation. So what are you going to do, punish the jury? No, but you can you can declare a mistrial and have a new trial. Uh, for that basis, I'm against cameras in the jury room. I don't have a problem with them, but not overturn it. If that's what the people came up with, and that's what the law says. But, it, but, if, you, but if you violated an order from a judge and you convicted somebody based on some evidence you shouldn't have considered, is that that's wrong? I mean, that that's up to the judge after the jury has made their determination based on your state's laws. But you, but, but you, but you don't know that because there's no cameras or no evidence in the jury room. But that doesn't matter. The judge is able to look at what that jury determined and then be like, all right, I'm throwing this uh, judgment out, essentially. Yes, but he doesn't have any, like, this is what I'm getting at. He has no evidence to throw the, ju- the, the, the case out. If the, they it use... doesn't matter what they said or did in the jury room. What matters it, is what they voted on. He gives them it a does matter. If, if, if a judge gives an order and said, listen, Jury disregard this evidence or disregard this witness testimony, and they go in there and they discuss the witness testimony. That is a violation of the judge's order. And then okay, they come out so with a- then if he feels that that strongly biased their decision as a jury, he can throw out their judgment and then call a new trial. Yeah, 
I, I hear what you're saying. He's labeled a mistrial. Yeah, but I, I hear what you're saying, Smitty, but that's that's the judge's determination to make. But once the jury gets the case, the jury got the case. And whether or not the judge... Are y'all not listening to what I'm saying? I just said I heard what you said. I, you didn't. You clearly didn't hear what I said. Okay, restate <laughs> what you said, because I heard what you said. Okay. Will you tell me what you think I said? Ooh. I heard what you said. <laughs> exactly, because you're not listening. I think what you're saying. So this is this, what this I what, no, Listen, stop. Listen, this is what I'm saying. The jury goes into the jury room. The judge yeah. has told them to disregard certain evidence. Yes. The jury considers the evidence anyway. And they regard the, the evidence. They regard the evidence. Yes. The judge can't throw out the case because he doesn't know they, they considered the evidence. He can throw out their judgment. How? That's essentially because, what judges are able to do. I know, but what evidence does he have to throw it out? But he can look what at their action item is. Yeah, he can look at the totality of what was yeah. what their charges and what was going on and say, by this, you obviously disregarded or didn't disregard my statement, <laughs> or you regarded it. I'm keeping it. But cameras in the, like, okay, putting cameras in the jury room where it's supposed to be hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, where it's supposed to be a complete 100% bias, which we know that's not true, but putting cameras in the courtroom is already going to turn to bias because of that. People are naturally going to start with their narcissistic ways to try to perform for the camera. So I don't think that, I don't think having cameras in the courtroom, maybe tape recorders and not, and making it so that they didn't know that they were taped or they don't know when and they won't be, when they are not being taped is maybe another way to go about it. But I think having cameras that's on somebody during their deliberations for however long their deliberation is going to be, we either A, get them to start grandstanding and trying to make a case for something that wasn't there or B, kind of like, a, what was that Pauly Shore movie? He didn't have anywhere to live, so he kept trying to make people get a mistrial because he was getting free room and board at the hotel. But I just feel <laughs> like people just start like doing shit just because to get there fifteen minutes. Like yeah. I get what you're saying, Smitty. Like I get that. Like what you're saying. Like how can the jury? How can the jurors? <clears throat> excuse me. How can the jurors make a determination on on something he never knew was possibly happening because he has no way of knowing it happened. Outside of someone either telling him or video footage, but like at the end of the day, that's what the judge's judgment is for. Like that's what their whole reason, or that's one of their reasons. A referee in that court of law is saying, "Hey, I either think this is a wrong decision made by these jury of twelve or nine people, whoever, however it is set up." Or he says, "Well, I think it was fair what the jury came up with, and I'm going to go." With this, you know, judgment. Hey, I want to say that for Smitty being a non-sports fan, I think it's hilarious that he essentially just asked for instant replay in a fucking jury room <laughs> on what they came up with. See, I just think that's funny. No, I mean, and I and I I, I get that. I mean, but I do feel Smitty like at some point. We are picking people on a random statistic or a random basis to say, hey, come in and change this person's lives for the betterment of however long it is. And it's based off who was able to persuade you more. Because it really ain't based but what, off facts. What he's saying is that he wants to change the law. So then 
you have to advocate for the law being changed and how jury instructions are uh, given to a jury and then how the jury actually takes them and applies them to the case that they're given. But if the judge gave the jury instructions and the jury disregarded it, then there's a system currently in place for that. And if you want to change that, then change that system. Hey, I mean, you also could just start holding jurors liable. No, I mean, why would you do that? I mean, fuck it, man. You, you got to have skin in this game, too, if you're going to be a juror. <laughs> Nobody, there's already very few people that actually want to do jury duty, except for Paulie Shore in that instance. Now you're going to have less jurors? Possibly, yeah. The gloves so, don't fit. You must acquit, and they acquit, and then everybody else in society comes after them. Uh, I mean, yeah, hey, listen, you might have to get flogged in the middle of the public square if you know you get that shit wrong. So, anyway, we're gonna you know gonna wrap this up. So, you know, congratulations, Rodney Reed, for getting the stay of execution. I know it had to be nerve wracking to come down to the final single digit days. As to whether or not you were gonna live or die, which is some wild shit just to think about to be in a place knowing you have a diamond date for death. Um, that that's crazy. Also, too, and just my last piece on this is is and we can do this for another time, but like is Kim Kardashian making up for all the shit her fuck her husband is doing right now. Because I just read that she was with Rodney Reed when he received his news, and I know she's been speaking on his behalf, as well as countless other measures for the criminal justice system in regards to African Americans. Hey, first of all, Kanye for president, 20-whatever, and yeah, this makes up for Kim Kardashian. Okay. I don't know. And, what for, and for that, <laughs> anything with Kanye for president is not welcome on this show. That man is welcome to his opinion, no matter how asinine it may be. But with that said, let's go ahead and go into our next topic, which is so there is. Saying Wait, do you think not- Kanye will be a worse president than the current president? So there are sayings that we live our life by. <laughs> We're moving on past that. So there are sayings that we live our life by. And uh, so, you know, we all have them. What is something that you were either told that you, you know, were told from like a teacher or, you know, somebody you just respected that you live your life by today and then constantly use? Like something I use that I was taught, taught, told by my uh, middle school principal was always work smarter, not harder, right? If you're going to do something, do it the smartest way so you can do it the most efficient and quick way instead of doing, you know, just double trips and doing retarded shit. Hence why this day I had like 17 grocery bags, some in my mouth, on my leg, because I'm not making two trips back to the car. It doesn't work <laughs> smart and not hard. <laughs> but, uh, what is something like quotes or just things you live by that have just been with you for, you know, better part of your life? Jeff, start us off. Uh, I got uh, three. I don't think it started beginning my life, but these are the things that have stayed with me uh, for at least 10 years. Uh, one of them is uh, whether believe, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. And basically it uh, sets your mind frame, your mindset 
to say like, hey, if you believe you can do something, then you will be able to achieve what you need to do. And if you believe you can't do it, well, you're also right because you're already putting your mind that you can't do it. So I'm always been a type of guy that's uh, uh, glass is half full, not half empty. So I'm always optimistic. Nigga, since me. I'm always been like that. What are you talking about? Very hey, optimistic. Hey, uh, hey, who else, who else is on the line ever knows this nigga to be optimistic? I have to support that, though. I have to support that. Optimistic? Yeah, nigga, envelopes and dollars. That's all yeah, I Yeah, remember that? <laughs> I, really, I really did believe that 500 people were going to send whoa, me one dollar. Gullibility, gullible, and fucking optimism is two totally different things. <laughs> Because I can't tell you how many times a nigga came to me and state and was like, hey, man, they got this scheme where, like, if I get $100 and I get two people under me to give me $100 and I get the people above me $300 and I can move up to get $100, and then at some point, they're just paying me to be, just be making money. That was that was one that was going around Michigan State when we were there. I was not about this. Call it what, Elite Eight or something. It was something that people were like that. And someone approached me. I'm like, huh? That was not me. I didn't do that one. Someone said it was the same as the dollar and envelope thing. Yeah, but that's a dollar versus one hundred dollars. What? You got some dollars back too, though, didn't you? I did get some dollars back. Two. I forgot how much. I mean, what's your other thing? Injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere, motherfucker. (laughs) There's one. Uh, another one that I'd, another quote that I'd have is uh, do not compare someone's chapter 20 to your chapter one. So basically, especially in the social media, you see everyone like excelling and being whatever they want to do, or they could just be fake. However, they've probably been doing that for like eight to 10 years. And if you're trying to start on your journey, whatever journey it is, whether it's your fitness journey, whether it's your uh, side hustle journey, whatever it is. You know, a lot of people's probably been doing it for a longer time than you, and it's no problem to just start. So as long as you start, then you will get there. So that's one. And then my my last quote that I live by, which I kind of kind of hate, is uh, by uh, dang, uh, James Baldwin. So to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in rage almost all the time. And I really believe that, and that's why it kind of sucks to be conscious because I do get depressed because of all the shit that's happening in America. So sometimes I just got to turn off the conscious soul that I am and then just put on some music that makes me feel good. So, but uh, it's part of being black in America. So, so you put on music that's made by white people to make you feel good? No, I, mean, I put on some soul, some some soul. Well, what's the name of, what's the, what record label is that so long? Yeah. Let's see. Are you on my playlist? Let's see. My yeah. playlist is Happy Feelings in the Air. Do you, use, do, you use, I mean, do you use Apple Music? No, I use Amazon. White people. Jeff Bezos. You, so you, know, you, know, you know titles owned by a black person, right? Titles owned by a black person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, you use that it doesn't matter. He woke, right? It, apparently, it does. He said when he listened to music, he cut his conscience off. So therefore, it ain't, it ain't an issue. 
<laughs> we listen to two at a time. The concert was off so, at that was, I need some. I need some sunglasses for that. That was shady. <laughs> yeah, I it wasn't. That. that actually wasn't meant to be shady. I'm just saying. He turned his conscience off. Look, at that point, look, it shouldn't matter. Look, we, we need some. We need some shade over here. <laughs> that was shady. Okay. Whatever, Brandon. What's on the? Uh, oh no, no, no. Wait before we go, Jeff. How how have these? If you have an answer, how have the the living by these quotes or these things? Um, just affected you in life, like uh, give me like thirty seconds. How does it affect you, or how does it uh, help mold your life? Uh, well, it it does make me want to start whatever I want to do if I have a, a drive or a passion to do something. Like, don't compare your chapter twenty to someone else's chapter twenty to your chapter one. It does make me like, okay, at least I'm gonna start. I'm at least I'm gonna do something. At least I'm gonna get put my feet on the ground and get to work and. So that's why it always helps me. That's why I'm actually that's why I'm actually like learning how to trade and try to get my fitness journey back up. So you know, by even though it's hard to start, it's even harder to start over. So, so yeah, I always keep pushing. Well, you might be at chapter two or three. Well, I mean, you keep it up because what you. You, you keep it up. You you keep it strong, and I and I'm pr- I am proud of you. Even though they thought I was throwing shade at you, I am proud of you. Your new awakening state. I, I I do appreciate it. So, with that said, B, what about you? Uh, so shout out to Neil Turner, who was the racial ethnic student aide at that time. They called him something else on my floor uh, freshman year because what he said was he's speaking to me specifically he's like brandon if you don't give people something to say about you they'll just make it up so you might as well essentially give people information about yourself so therefore they have something to talk about rather than them just being like i bet that nigga do blah 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 Right. right uh so that's something that stuck with me and it's been what, 18 years, 17 years since he said that? Number two, uh, I think, and I snuck one in there earlier when uh, Jeff was speaking, or Smitty was speaking, I forget. Uh, John Harbaugh has said this, and I'm fully in favor of this. A few years ago, John Harbaugh, the Baltimore Ravens head coach, and I, I Googled it, I think it's Voltaire, but he said that, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. And like with Smitty on the line, that motherfucker be saying some shit and I'll be like, man, what the hell are you talking about, right? Right. But I think that he has the right to say it. And I'll fight anybody that tries to stop them from saying it. And that goes for crack-ass crackers and KKK and fucked up Mexicans and uh, whatever, what's it, Manny Pacquiao said, like, years ago, before some boxing match, he was talking about, he said something about homosexuals, and everybody got all offended. And then I think Dave Chappelle talked about this on one of them shows. He was like, look, if you go over to the Philippines right now, there's a bunch of, like, men sitting around waiting for their women in the United States or wherever else to send home the bacon, essentially. And they pretty much some bitches wait for that money, but that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. And so Manny Pacquiao was like, man, I'm tired of blah, 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 this and that. 
So whether I agree with what he said or not, he should be able to say it, including Donald J. Trump, our current president. The man said some things that people do not agree with, but he has the right to say them. Uh, when I always say Kanye for president, I'm half joking because he be saying some stuff that's off the wall. But I'm a Gemini as well. I think Kanye is born on like June 7th. I'm born on the 17th. And sometimes you be having some thoughts and you be like, yo, maybe I just didn't say this out loud. Whereas Kanye be like, hey, hey, everybody listen up, listen up, listen up. And then we all look at him like, what the fuck is this niggas talking about, right? So that that's essentially in a nutshell what I got on that. Okay. And you got last one? You got another one? No, because I snuck that other one in earlier. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So how how has these things either shaped, changed, mold, or just how you carry your life today? Like how how has these voices or you know uh uh words and nuggets nuggets of uh wisdom help you in your life today or, you know, shape the decisions you made? Was that directed towards me or everybody? No, just you. Oh, shit. Uh, in that case, before I answer that, what, what Phil used to say when we was in school, he'd be like, I got such and such out on these streets. And then it would just be blanket everything. Be like, blah, 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 on these streets. I think it's on my Facebook page back when you could actually like see what people quoted. But uh, you said, how do these affect me? I mean, as far as giving people something to say about me, like, yeah, I do that all the time. Sometimes I just be like, damn, this blank happened in my life and that's going to be fucked up. But I'd rather give people the facts rather than let them just kind of speculate. Uh, I, I love how this is supposed to be candid. So I'm going to be candid with this. Fuck it. My wife currently wrote the captain of the ship this week. And oh, he yeah, right. She's like, Brandon, blah, blah, blah. This motherfucker ain't blah, blah, and all this other kind of shit. She don't send this to me. I ain't heard from her in two years. years, right? Yeah. She sends this to the captain. And then the captain forwards this to like the senior enlisted person who on my ship is the CMC. So then he's got it. And then they call me down to a meeting and I'm completely, you know, uh, what's the word? Surprised, right? I was looking for a better word, but that's it. And so I walk in and they're like, hey, look, we got this. And she said, one, two, and three. I agree with one. I agree with two. Three was some bullshit, right? All right. And it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with this woman that she couldn't just say something to me? She's trying to get a reaction out of this. I don't even know how I got on this. How did I get on this? Because <laughs> it was your quotes and how they shape your life. And you were saying, you know. Yeah, so be, before this even happened, people knew, oh, hey, uh, they want you for a meeting right now. And I'm like, what? So I just straight up told people, like, oh, this is what happened. She said blank, blank, and blank. And they're like, oh, shit. I didn't even want to really know all that. I'm like, well, at least 
in my brain, I'm like, well, if I tell you this, at least it's factual. It's true. So if I hear about it later on, it'd be based on what I gave you in, you know, the vein of what Neil told me 18, 17 years ago, rather than somebody just be like, yeah, he did blah, blah. So. Well, thank you. Thank you for showing that candid moment. And we definitely need to talk offline. Hey, I, I called you yesterday. You didn't call me back. That's what I was calling to talk to you about. We, we got to talk about that. Smitty, uh, what about you, sir? What, what are some quotes and things you live by today? Besides, take what take about you? Off your ass. <laughs> Let's, listen, that is one of the things that I love to tell people. <laughs> uh, um, but <clears throat> one, one is, <clears throat> one is, um, I, this is what I used to like, probably like when I turned 30, I used to say work hard, play hard, right? And right. this is prior to the song coming out. And, um, but I always live by the like, hey, you, gotta hard. Huh? you gotta do the song. <laughs> I can't do the song. Uh, it's about uh, when I gotta do the song. Uh, um, I don't know what song y'all talking about. Work hard, play hard, play work hard. hard. Yeah, um, but uh, Wiz, Wiz Khalifa said it, but I worked hard every day, right? And when I was done with work and I wanted to do something, by golly, I'm going to do it. You know, like I, I worked hard every day and I did it. Um, one that really kind of hit me recently uh, was uh, uh, Pastor Jeffrey... Johnson from Indiana said it. Um, and he said, <laughs> Go ahead, he I, I don't know why that's so funny to y'all. Because uh, the name yeah. Jeffrey Johnson from Indiana, he had shit else to be but a pastor. <laughs> Before you said uh, Johnson. Indiana, Jeff's eyebrows and his uh, forehead were like, what the fuck? This, this new so, Smitty, I keep forgetting. Uh, so, he said that... Wait, wait, Smitty, uh, before you continue, let me tell the people why this is funny, because Smitty has found God, and shout out to him finding God, you know. Before this, Smitty was the biggest Lush slash whore on these streets, and it's always funny that we like we catch him because it's new to us. And I appreciate him, anybody that having a transition to a better themselves in life. But it's just new to us because we know Smitty is being wild as hell, causing all kind of trouble and mayhem. I used to I used to work hard and play hard. Okay, shout out to Phil Chandler. Smitty got hoes out on these streets. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's no, because Smitty almost got me into a fight because of one of these hoes he had on the street. Shout out to Prince and the Revolution. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, okay. Go ahead, finish up. So, <laughs> uh, so he said that uh, that God's plan A may be your plan B. So your plan B may not be God's plan A. So uh, and so that's that's really kind of have 
like I really like I heard that I heard this this Easter and it kind of just like it resonated with me um, because you like it's not even that it's God's right it's just that sometimes you we go we chugging towards this plan A and it just ain't working out for us <laughs> you know it just ain't working out for us no matter what we do we said you know I'm about this big house I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and you just can never get to it because that maybe not be your path. And sometimes you got to listen to, to the to the to the to the uh, environment and the things around you. In my case, I'll say listen to God um, to see what your actual path should be. Um, and then um, one that's uh, uh, one that's a little uh, one that's a little. Uh, Older, and this is from a now. This is gonna sound real odd from coming from me, but um, but from Goodfellas, it was like "fuck you, pay me," right? And and that's I live by that too. Like I, you know, like I hate paying these fucking student loans, but they like "fuck you, pay me." Like so, I pay them. Like I like I have to pay my bills, I have to pay shit. So when people when people have a problem, they be like, "I need to borrow your money." I'm like, "fuck you, pay me." Like <laughs> like I live by. I live by that. Like, if I pay, if I pay, if I take out some loans, I gotta fuck it. I gotta pay it. Like, you know, where? So that's how I keep an eight hundred credit score. Just by the way, um, humble brat. <laughs> um, but fuck your credit score, nigga. <laughs> but I just pay. I just you know I say fuck you. Pay me. Like that's what I do. You still a nigga like, in the poop. <laughs> Uh, other than that, uh, those are the things I live by. Hey, listen, thank you, Smitty, for sharing your words of wisdom. Oh, okay. Well, how and how has these things shaped your life, Smitty? Because I gave everybody else that. Uh, 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 so, one, the uh, the work on play hard. You know, I used to. I mean, Nick, I would walk out the bar sometimes with a four hundred dollar bar tab. Okay. Uh. And just because I was just there, like I was like having a good time buying hey, people drinks. Time, time out, time out, time out. How the hell you got an 850 credit score, but you walk out of bars with a $400 tab and you got student loans? Brandon. <laughs> I, think you're the only, I think you're the only person out here that probably ain't never walked out of the bar or some kind of establishment spending more than a couple hundred dollars. $400? Dude, I have. Show of hands, who on this line has spent over $200 to $400 in a club? That's one. Hey, Jeff, don't Jeff's you dare take know. your head because I've been with you, Jeff. Not to, No, not $200 to $400. No. Uh-uh. You spent over $400. Where? Bro, we used to drop a hundred a piece on, on on bottles in the in the in the in the bar. Yeah, that's a hundred. That's not four hundred. And then you had dances. Don't forget about that hundred you changing ones. Yeah, that's two hundred. That's not nah, four hundred. Yeah, raise your hand, now, brother. <laughs> huh? Two hundred to four hundred. Raise your hand. No, that was not the bottles. Two hundred to four hundred. We did not spend uh bottles. 
Like, let me tell you, dollar bottle, I've never bought a hundred dollar bottle. Let me tell you, my thirtieth birthday, I think I spent three hundred dollars on two bottles in Canada. Yeah, I know you did. I, so I know you walked, did because I was we, there too. We walked in. We walked in with five minutes left. <laughs> you spent like sixty thousand in Jamaica. Uh, oh, I spent. Oh, on your bachelor party, nigga. I let me. T- I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell this story now because you'd have brought it up and talk about you don't spend no money. So let me tell you, I don't know if y'all know, but Jeff is kind of frugal on the verge of cheap. Okay. So for his bachelor party, we had a we we went to a club and so I had got like five hundred dollars to exchange and that's like eighty two thousand dollars Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 I so I gave the fellows I gave all the fellows cash, right? I gave Jeff cash, right? So he he the bachelor, so I gave him cash. He going to throw that chick. This nigga stuffing it in his pocket. <laughs> I kept giving him more money. I said, you need some more money? Yeah, I need some more money. I'm like, dang, <laughs> just give up the money. I give him some more money. I, listen, we got back to the room. Jeff had about $30,000 in his pocket. <laughs> like, what are you no. doing, girls? No. Oh, I, I was putting it in my pocket. <laughs> I thought you just wanted to give me some money. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's so cheap. Hey, hey, that's you a real one. I done done that before, too. Right. Just because he won uh, splurge on some bullshit that you not don't mean you can't take that money and turn it around and do something better with it. Man, I know I'm not the only one that picked up dollars off the off the flow and threw it in the air like it was mine. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you know, on this call, I've never did that. I've been in the, in the bar with you know professional athletes who I couldn't even see the flow no more. Wait, weren't you with me, Jeff? When we was at uh, was that you that was with me? Cheetahs, that was at Cheetahs, right? Yeah, Cheetahs. Yeah, the Lions team was there. Yeah, and rest in peace so, to Charles Rogers. Rest in peace, Charles Rogers. He died. Yeah, he had yeah died over last weekend. Oh damn! All right, so Smith. Uh, so y'all was all real positive and shit, and it was just beautiful. But that shit was lame. I mean, I, I thought we was gonna get some jokes out of this, and y'all just all like kumbaya, my lord. Oh fool, y'all burn the darn muffins and shit. Um, so I'm gonna give y'all a couple. I'm gonna give I'm gonna I'm gonna give some serious ones. And one of them is shout out to rest in peace, uh, Larry Lockridge, man. You know, high school teacher used to always say up with hope, down with dope on Fridays when we get out of class. And you'd be like, don't go out there and get your father's attitude and cough at you six times. And you can put y'all in jail somewhere. So shout out to him. And then my mother, you know, rest in peace to my mom. Well, damn, I'm just starting off with a bunch of death. Rest in peace to my mama, but she always used to say when we used to do some shit, and she used to look at us and be like, so you thought that was smart because... <laughs> or or she hit, hit us with, like, we would say something back, and be like, you don't love us. And she'd be like, so if you notice, what's the problem? <laughs> hey, hey, can I interlude right there? Go ahead. My bad. So, given what you just said, I gotta give one to my mama on, uh, she always said, choose your battles wisely. That's something I definitely live my life by. Because there's some fights that I'll get into and some other ones I'll let roll. And uh, we had Theo on the podcast however many broadcasts ago. 
And what Theo always says, and I say this to other people, and some people get it, some people don't, but you can lead a person to rocks, but you can't make them kick. Like, and for some people that's poignant, some people it's not. Like, some people get the message of what you're saying, and other people is the, the ones that won't kick them rocks. Or you can't even get them over to them. By the time you do, you just give up on it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, that's funny. Um, and so, some of my other ones. So, like, people, like, y'all probably know, y'all have heard me say, so there was a time in college, I'm going to tell this story, that I, I feel like I might have said this before, but I can't believe y'all used to let me go around campus. I really didn't realize what my uh, blackness was because I went around a campus uh, full of white people yelling out, woohoo, white girls. And that's and, just still and, funny. And I can't believe you, y'all let me do that. And I used to yell out. Your mom goes to college. You, my, that shit was hilarious from Napoleon Dynamite. But... One of these ones that I tell all the young people out there, you know, no matter what uh, sex you are is, and this is something y'all need to live, live by, is you can't have a baby out your mouth. It's just scientifically impossible. <laughs> that's that's, that's Kiss. Right, right. Kiss from that, that second Locks album, just because you might have seen me in and out of your house, don't you, know, mean, you can have a baby, have out, a of baby mouth. out of our mouth. So, and that, those are words to live by. So, thank y'all fellas for showing, showing uh, saying some nuggets. So, we're going to move on to our last topic, which is going to be a bit of a serious one. And that is something me and Brandon started the other day, but I was like, oh, this might be better podcast material. So, you know, y'all welcome, motherfuckers. Not to mention, you know, I got to keep this up. So, shout out to Revolt and Puff Daddy. Uh, you know, we listen to Spotify. You know, we here for you. You know, if y'all ever want to just, you know, pick us up for educated brothers, you know, doing the thing. Um, our Instagram page, you know, go follow that because it's been booming. Shout out to Smitty all the while. Shit, he been posting lately. So, uh, with that said, so we we discussed we started discussing and it really came about. Um, what's our video. Instagram page? What's our what's where we following? It's fuck underscore yo underscore feelings. That's Instagram, Twitter. Uh, what uh, what what other social media I'm leaving out? Facebook. Yeah. Stitcher. Who? Stitcher, whatever the fuck that is. What's oh, Stitcher? we are on Stitcher. <coughs> oh, That's yeah. A Stitcher. Platform. That's the podcast platform. So, Stitcher. But, uh, so we, you know, we out here to really uh, pretty much sell ourselves for y'all. To, you know, if you want to pick us up, as you already heard, most of us have student loans. And, um, yeah. So, shout out to that. But uh, so there's a viral video going around in regards to a woman responding to a call from teachers uh, to her son who looked about. I didn't really watch the video that long because it looked disgusting to me. But Elementary about, school age. I want to say about yeah, like eight at the oldest, um, where she's just yelling, chastising them, calling them all kind of names in front of the teachers. Um, later, uh, decided to whoop them. Um, in front of everybody and you know you brought up a discussion in regards to uh, you know just the physical discipline and more likely more down to the terms of you know do you believe in whooping like do you believe in whooping for your children as a means to discipline your child um, we've all online probably 
I can't speak for Jeff because Jeff might not have got a whooping, but everybody else in this line I know probably got at least one whooping in their life. Um, and I'm pretty sure Jeff is because he's like one of the badass kids you wanted to hit their head and go to sleep for a couple hours, so he probably did too, but I just don't know for certain. So, you know, fellas, let me get get your thoughts in regards to, you know, whoopings or physical discipline. What do you feel about it? Do you think it's something, you know, it should be done? Um, how start, how would you trade that thing you it is? So, no, I'm not going to start it off because I, I, I know where I stand on this. So, Smitty, you start us off. You start us off. Nope. Smitty, yes, you start us off. Start us off. No, you start Nigga, us off, Smitty. Come on. Nigga, start us off. Come on. Hey, Smitty. I got it. God damn. Well, I'm trying to get it with Smitty in front. Uh, he's the only one that ain't started the conversation off yet, so keep the protocol. <laughs> Let's go, Smitty. Okay, so I know that I differ from people on this call, but I believe that I believe a good a good whooping it uh, don't hurt nobody. I think it makes you stronger. And this is why the kids nowadays. And this time out and and don't tell your kids no and this movement and stuff like that and like a different parenting style. I have no problems with what my mother did. Like when I got whooped, I I knew I had did wrong and um and I turned out pretty well. Like I have to say I turned out pretty well. My I can give you to total opposite. My nephew was not whooped, and he wound up in jail. And and so my nephew is only six years younger than I am. And basically, my sister and my mother raised me. The same thing happened to him. My sister and my mother uh, raised him, but they didn't whoop him. They whooped me, and my dad whooped me. And so, I, just based on based on my own personal experience. I don't see a problem with whooping your kids. Now I think there's there is some there's some extreme there's some extreme circumstances, but I guarantee you everybody on this call probably got a mark from that from that belt or something that's left on their body um, from when they were when they were a child or early teen. Um, but I just think I think a a good a good whooping done tastefully. Um, shouldn't be a problem. I just don't, I think that, I think parents are getting away from, from uh, like, and I think the, the woman who was left on our Instagram page, um, I think that was a, a, I think that was way too far. Uh, but I, but I don't see a problem with a, a little bit of discipline, a little bit of physical discipline. Jeff, what's your thought? So what, so what made that clip too far? Uh, I think her, I think, I think first off that she, she snatching him up, um, and taking him outside and, and, and hit him with that belt all over his body, just, just, and then, then degrading him in front of people. I think that was way too far. Like, I think, uh. I think him getting whooped at home would have sent a, a similar message, uh, but to do it and to to degrade him in public and to humiliate him like that, to then have it videotaped and then post it, I think I think and then just the way she just like 
she was just yelling at him and everything like that. I just think that was way, I think that was overkill. I think she could have done it a different way. She could have did it at home. Um, you know, um, she could have took, she could have took all, she could have took all the stuff away. My favorite part about the whole video, though, I do want to say, when she said she going to take it, she going to take everything all, all, outside, gone. I died. <laughs> you said outside, gone. I was cracking up. <laughs> you know, you just, you just like, I'm taking everything away. You don't have nothing. You ain't going to go outside. Uh, and all of us got that punishment when we had to sit on the porch. Uh, those of us had porches. Uh, or you couldn't go, you couldn't go to the end of the little walkway. You know, that's the far as you could go. Um, but, uh, but I think that was way, I think that was way too far. Like, I don't think her, like her using a belt was a problem. I think the way, the way she went about using it and the, the public disgrace was the wrong part. So, so do you believe that that was child abuse? Whipping a child? Do you think that's child abuse? This is not a question to answer period for me. This is for I'm just asking. I want to get your thoughts. Like, is that child abuse? Can you? Um. Yeah, I'll answer for him. Yes, it was child abuse. <laughs> okay. So you believe in child abuse? Yes, I do believe there is child abuse. Right. I. I I'm not saying that. I think there's there's ways there's 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 far and too far, right? And when you hit that too far point, you have you have a, you have a, abused your child. Now the state the state has has a, a lighter requirement, right? They're saying like any physical almost any physical discipline on a child is child abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm not where I'm not there. Where I'm like, hey, I'm <laughs> sorry, I got back pain in my mouth, okay? You talk too much and you was talking the wrong stuff. You got backhand in your mouth, and I stopped talking crazy, and I learned this. I, I learned some stuff. To let you know that also was child abuse. Yes, I know. I'm saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But I learned some valuable lessons from that. You know, like, backhand somebody. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna backhand anybody. But I'm just saying. Ah! Uh, but I, I, I now I don't talk back. I choose like I, I very much choose my like like Brandon said that battle you gonna fight. I have to choose it. Like if I'm gonna say this, that backhand may come back harder. And now it's not it's not it's not a form of a fist or a hand. It's a form of words. So you gotta be you gotta be careful <laughs> with, that, with that backhand. So uh, but yeah, I definitely think there there's too far. And I agree. Like I think of, like. If if my if, if if my mom popped me in my mouth and then I was bleeding, that's way too far. But she popped me in my mouth to shut me up because I was talking I was talking out of turn or out of pocket. Absolutely, like but oh, so sometimes you, believe you go in too Tyson, far. As long as it doesn't leave a mark. No, I don't. I don't believe in that either. I don't believe that if it leaves a mark. I think that that's definitely that's definitely what this the state has gone beyond that. Right? They are saying if you hit them with some type of weapon. Including your hands, you are effectively abusing your child, and I think that's wrong. I think that if I if I pop you with a belt um, one good time, a couple good times, and if you do get a whelp, it's gonna it's gonna heal up, it's gonna be fine. I I think it's when you when you beating your child and breaking bones and shit like that, or or leaving permanent scars in the places that that you you know you shouldn't leave no permanent scars on no kids. 
I absolutely think that is definitely child abuse. But some parents don't know where to stop either. So I understand where the state's coming from. Like, we got to protect our children. But at the same time, they're the ones that got to deal with with these bad kids that are running rapid, running rampant, sorry, running rampant around here. And then they wonder why we have kids, why we have, why we have these kids around here that are bad or, or misbehaving or disrespectful or rude. Like if you think about the generation that's coming behind us, custom service out the window, they are so rude and disrespectful. They don't even say hi. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, man. They don't say none of that. Like they are, they are so disrespectful and rude that, because the kid, parents don't whoop anybody no that, damn much. There is no correlation for that. Yeah, there's no correlation. There's no correlation at all for that. <laughs> so you're saying if people would be nicer and show, show shivery if they got whooped. I will say so my please and thank you as long as I get whipped. What, what are your thoughts and feelings, Jeff? Uh, I, don't, I do not believe in hitting my child. I remember when me and my wife, we was going to start doing that, and we would just, like, hit his hand, and then we seen, like, how bad it looked, because when he realized he was doing something wrong, he hit his own hand, and was crying for himself. I'm like, okay, this is not good, because he could probably go to school, and when he's bad, he just started beating himself up, and then the kids would be, <laughs> the teachers might call child protection. And pull himself uh, over. Yeah, he just beats himself up now when he gets <laughs> and pull himself over. <laughs> Yeah, so we're not going to move forward with that. So I feel like there is a way to discipline a child without physical harm. Now, yes, Take I did outside. get. Yeah, I did get. Uh, I did get whipped a couple times from my parents, but I don't even, like. It was one of one of the whippings I got beat. It was like out of my control. It was like a hamster got loose, and my wife was or my mom was scared of hamsters. So as soon as I walked into the house, she beat me and said, I'm not going to sleep until I find the hamster. Like, so there's like really nothing I could have learned or from that whooping. But uh yeah, I'm totally You learned how to catch a hamster. Huh? You learned how to catch that hamster, didn't you? Well I, I I was able to find the hamster. He was just right under the cage behind the curtain. So what he wasn't even far. But uh no yeah I am I am against uh child child abuse. Uh, I also believe that with that woman in that video, like she is already failing that child because she thinks the only way that she can get to her, her child to act right is to beat them, then she is failing. Because I actually knew have family members that I would see them get beat lots of times and they actually became immune to the pain. <laughs> like he wasn't even like the guy I saw, he or the, he was my cousin down south and he wasn't even he wasn't even crying anymore. He was like, yeah, I'm about to get beat. But, like, my question is, like, if you're beating your child or you're beating the beating, uh, yeah, children, and if that doesn't work, then what's your next resort? Are you just going to beat them harder or beat them harder? But if that never works, then you're just going to constantly just yeah. beat Yeah. I mean, what are you doing? Like, you have nothing to fall back on. Uh, yeah, I agree. So, Brandon, what's your thoughts? Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to start this off, and I'm going to try not to go too long, but we'll see what happens. Uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. Uh, I can't tell you what verse that is or whatever, but I'm sure most people are familiar with that saying. Shout out to my first cousin, John Henry Morton III. Today's his birthday. Shout uh, out, John. 
Happy birthday. 36. He and I are five months apart. And I bring John up, and I'm going to give a quick <clears throat> reference to my younger brother, Alex, and his younger brother, Darren, which will come in later. But anyway, I don't remember what year this was exactly, and I don't remember what time of the year it was. I just know that it was a school night. Uh, my cousin stayed about 10, 15 miles from me. I stayed in Southfield. He stayed in the city. And they came over one day on a Sunday, and John and I are the same age. You know, we do whatever. Uh, so we were over to my grandma's house who stayed down the street from John, and then we went down to John's house, and, you know, back and forth, you play over there, you play over here. John and I came up with this idea. Don't ask me where it came from, but uh, we snuck John in my mama's car, and we put him on, he was in the back seat on the floor, and we put, like, a coat over him. And then uh, my other brothers was in the back with me, and then whoever was sitting up front with mom, and we made it all the way, almost all the way home, right, to 10 miles Southfield, when John, I guess, needed some air or something, and he, like, poked his head up. And my mama was like, oh, shit, what are you doing in this car, right? It's a school night. So we turn the corner, we get to the house, Mom calls on Pam, tells me to go take a bath. I have no idea what's coming for me, right? So I'm upstairs, I'm taking a bath. I know I'm in trouble because I was wrong. And I think Alex is in the back seat, and he, like, knew, but he didn't say nothing, but it wasn't his idea, so he didn't catch it, right? But he thought he was going to get in trouble, so he's sniffing like a little girl, right? I get in the bathtub, and Mom comes in. And I'm, you know, of course, butt-ass naked, taking a bath. I'm seven, eight, whatever, a year old. And she gets that belt out. And I'm not even going to go into detail of what that turned into, but I think you could do the math, right? I think she was right. Because where did I get a stupid-ass idea like that, right? Like, as an adult, I know how dumb that idea is. As a child, it seemed like the best idea in the world. <laughs> I didn't even get a lot of whoopings as a child. I feel like I got enough. Alex is a couple years younger than me. That motherfucker used to catch it. Like, when you talk about, like, Charlie Murphy habitual line stepper, <laughs> that, that motherfucker was, like, the definition, right? And then for John, his younger brother, Darren, uh, I was watching Eddie Griffin's uh, Dysfunctional Family earlier today. And he was talking about when your grandma be like, yo, stop whooping your kids with the belts because the whole idea of it hurts me more than it hurts you. Every time you swing that belt, when it come back, you hit yourself. That's where that come from, right? Right. So his grandma and same thing with my grandma be like, go get a switch off a tree. And then I don't know if my grandma went to this level, but Eddie Griffin was talking about how his grandma would be like, and then you start braiding them together. Mm-hmm. You age them to get them just right. Mm-hmm. And inflict like the most punishment. And I remember all the days that we'd be over at my grandma's house and grandma would be like, Darren, go get me a switch. And Darren already knew because that motherfucker was even more of a habitual line stepper than Alex was. Uh, so in summation, I'm going to wrap it up. But like, 
I don't know if I care if people leave marks. I don't know if I care what the state has to say about how people raise their children. If Jeffrey Howard don't want to hit his kids, fine. Your kids going to turn out how they turn out from that. If Courtney Dwayne Brunson don't want to hit his kids, fine. Your daughter's going to turn out however they turn out from that. If I ever have some kids, Lord willing, I'm going to close the door. And the only testimony or evidence that will come out of that is whatever you can determine after that door opens. And I hope that my children are better for it because there are consequences and repercussions to our actions in life. And you never know. I, I'm going to quote Alex since I cited him on this. Alex said to me one time, or he wrote it actually, he was like, every dog has his day. And to uh, paraphrase, somebody else is like, ain't nobody above an ass whooping. Right? Mm -hmm. So everybody going to get there. You might as well get it at home first, essentially is what I'm trying to say. And let you know what the world may give to you. Because they don't love you like your mama love you or your daddy love you or whoever. So y'all can raise y'all daughters, y'all sons and children how y'all want. But uh Okay. I, I appreciate it. Did, did Brennan not disagree? Yes. <laughs> it's a it's a rare moment. Actually, low key, y'all kind of been like hitting all episode, which is something like some fucking moon must be aligned right now. Like <laughs> fucking Mars must be in retrograde or some shit right now. Because you motherfuckers have been like agreeing all day. But I appreciate it. So, hey, shout out to Smith for not being completely fucked up. So, Brad, <laughs> you just, like, when you have kids, you just want to beat them? You want to beat them? Or, like, what if your child is good? You're going to be like, you know what? You need an ass whooping? So, I was watching this episode of Mad Men one time, and this woman was on there. She was talking to her uh, step-granddaughter. And she was like, my, grand or my father used to get so drunk and sometimes I'd just be walking across the room and he'd kick me and I'd fly across the room and he'd be like, that's for nothing, so you better watch out. And Tony Montana. What lady, right? Life will give you things and you have no idea they're coming. I don't desire to beat my children, but I want them to be prepared for the idea that unfortunate circumstances will occur and it may not be because you directly did something. It may just happen just because that's life. So you might as well be ready. Like a physical, like someone just randomly come up and physically start fighting your son or daughter. I'm not going to rape my children. Well, I'm just or, saying, like you're like, saying, like I'm preparing, I'm going to beat your ass because I'm preparing you for life. So life, someone's going to be walking down the street and they might just beat your ass. So this is but that life, will, life, life, life will beat your ass though. Like yeah, yes, physically. I'm talking about physically. Yes, it, it will. will you. Oh, okay, well, I guess I've been fortunate because no one physically has beaten me. It's ever since I've been a grown up. So I don't know about y'all. Have y'all been physically beaten up ever since y'all are an adult? I haven't been beat up in a long time. I, as an adult, I've been in fights as an adult though. Oh, okay. And you did, yeah. did, did your ass whooping help you in that fight? <laughs> I'm just saying. What does that even mean? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Y'all saying y'all for y'all want to beat your child to prepare no, them. No, I don't want to. Yeah, you don't. You missing a point. I don't want to beat my kid. 
But I want to prepare my child for life. But why does a, why does a beating have to be the way to prepare your child for life? What you want me to do? Take him to court? <laughs> I mean, no, just, no, no, no. They want you to put him in timeout. You didn't file your taxes this year, so I'm going to take you to antitrust court. So I, I think what everybody is missing is like, and y'all listen, like, okay, let me start off. You can rear and discipline your child however you see fit. Just know the people are always watching and the people have laws. And with those laws are going to determine whether or not you can raise your children anymore. As in the case in this young lady who no longer have her kids in her custody and probably would never have her child in her custody ever again. Maybe, maybe not. But they are no longer in her custody right now. They're in the custody of the state. With that said, I think people miss out on the fact of what took place before and after said physical discipline, right? You didn't just get a beating and was better for it because you got a beating. You received physical discipline from a person that loves you, but also that person sat you down and talked to you and told you right from wrong and why your actions caused the reaction that you got, right? So it was in that messaging that you guys got helped you steer you towards the right path. Or the wrong path, however. Sometimes I didn't get that though. But that doesn't make you but but also too is what I'm saying, like that wasn't the reason why you turned out better or or simply because you got beaten, because you were like, Oh, that just made you either A become sneakier and not get caught doing things you was doing, or B, you just was like, Okay, I fear this repercussion of getting this belt. So therefore, I'm gonna just do something different, or I'm, I'm gonna be out the watchful eye, right? But like when you got that speech and that understanding and that education behind it, is what helped mold you into the people you are today. At least that's my summation from having met you know just about everybody parent on here, right? I have met everybody parent, and I know you know just from the type of people they are. I'm pretty sure they talk to y'all, educated y'all. As to the missteps y'all took in life. As far as physical discipline is concerned to me, I am okay with spankings, right? I I I okay with spankings. If you pop somebody's hands, legs, it's in certain situations, and after after a while, statistics show after a while that shit just doesn't work anymore. They're no longer receptive to it. So Especially when it comes to hitting, like if you hit somebody because they hit, all you're just doing is reinforcing that behavior to hit. So like that, that really don't make any sense. As African Americans or Pan Africans of a culture that has been nothing but degrading and to be looking down and to be beaten, to pick up a weapon to beat your child with is just I, that doesn't that's asinine to me. Everybody on here who has gotten hit with a hit with a belt. And or switch and or train track and or belt <laughs> a broom to shoot a flipper, a train a train I, I just seen niggas get hit with purse straps, motherfucking. 
I didn't see people get hit with a lot of shit. That was child abuse, okay? We've all been victims of child abuse. I'm just gonna let you know. By the state, by the by your state's definition law of what child abuse is, that was happening. Especially if you have any marks, bruises, you lost sensation in some fingers because you got hit the right way and you no longer can feel from that shit. That hey. was child Go ahead. I don't know if you realize this, Brunson, and I don't know if you've addressed this on the podcast before about your offspring and whatnot. I'll just say this much. One of yours, you know which one I'm talking about, I ain't going to specify, is going to only respond to certain types of stimulus at some point in that offspring's life. And you ain't nah. going to have no choice. Nah. No. Because... If you if 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 you use a weapon, especially as a man, using a weapon to spank your child, especially your daughter, you are now allowing now you're now just insinuating to your daughter it's okay for her to get beat by a man when she gets older. So and then maybe it won't be you that administers said punishment, but uh and so and like I said, be clear on what I said. Spanking, I agree with spanking. But using a tool to hit your child is wrong. You shouldn't use a tool to hit your child. I'm just going to say the worst thing is them Hot Wheels race car tracks and them damn wooden spoons. Weapons. Those are all weapons. If somebody broke in your house right now you had a Hot Wheel race car track in your hand, would you not use that shit <laughs> to defend yourself? That's a fucking weapon. That's my first choice. No, but if it was next to you and that's all you had, you're going to use that bitch. You're going to be swinging that piece of plastic as hard as you could. Who the fuck are you? Hey, I'm just saying. I'm using Legos. I'm using Legos because you step on a Lego, man. Them shit hurt. You, 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 like I said, I don't agree with, I don't agree with physical discipline with a weapon, right? And I don't agree you leaving marks and bruises. I I mean, obviously, everybody on here know, and I let the world know. I worked for Child Protective Services for six years, and I've seen the devastation that it had comes from using physical discipline on these kids. I've seen what she did in that video was not only physical discipline, but it was mental injury, especially by degrading him so bad in front of his peers, his teachers. Like, how am I supposed to go? I'm supposed to go back to school the next day. And like face these people after just being just fucking humiliate, humiliated by the person that's supposed to love me the most. Like, what sense does that make? Also, too, and this is another statement. Okay, you decide how to raise your children. Stop fucking videotaping every goddamn thing. Why did there need to be a Facebook live stream or a video recording that this shit hit the internet of her doing this to her child? Why do people feel like, oh, I'm just gonna double embarrass you because I'm gonna go live and on this social media platform and just and, and just show this shit around? Like this shit is the fucking video Odaw video and Menace to Society. This motherfuckers just selling copies of this shit around the neighborhood. That shit don't make no sense. But like like I said, I digress. Anyway, my point is if you're gonna discipline your children. You should use a more authoritative approach, where it is a mix of physical and or 
what they use is like timeouts and things like that. But it, it, if you use physical discipline, you go along with that with a saying of, hey, this is why you got it. Like, talk to your child as a person that's capable of reasoning, understanding, and speaking to them and saying, this is what's going on. This is why this actually happened. Kind of like everybody else stated, is like, you know, there is a time in life where your action is going to have a reaction, whatever that reaction is. But explaining to them what is going on to help them make better choices down the road is more of the way to go in my eyes. So, any last thoughts? Hey, uh, co-signing what you said about people not videotaping it, but rejecting most of what the rest of that fucking liberal bullshit you just said and agreeing with Smitty, you know, look, sometimes you just got to move somebody ass. And that's it. All right? I don't care about all this. Oh, it's a weapon, and the child is being victimized, and yeah, whatever. All right? So going back to that Eddie Griffin special, he was talking about the Jacksons and how all the motherfuckers get on TV or on whatever, and I love Janet Jackson, but whatever, uh, about how they was victimized, and Joe used to whoop their ass. And Eddie was like, look, I wish somebody would have whooped my ass into being a superstar. Because... They all got, you know, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Go get some counseling. But no, 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 no. Back that up. Mike kill him. Michael got tens of millions and hundreds of Jackson. Tito is on the corner right now giving hand jobs at a local CVS. Well, maybe Tito can get his ass whooped enough. He got, he got his ass whooped. He the one got whooped the most. Him and Jermaine. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe early on. All I'm saying is, what? you just named the you just named the the uh, textbook of what child abuse looked like. One of them don't love herself enough to keep cutting on their face. The other one was dead and he had a fucking amusement park with a chimp named Bubbles because he couldn't get out his childhood because he ain't never get one because he got beat out of him. And I mean, fuck, where the rest of them? Latoya went from being a singer to a hooker to a goddamn psychic motherfucking Miss Cleo before Miss Cleo. <laughs> hey, hey, Joe Jackson for president. I know he did, I think, but Joe he Jackson is. for president. Not only, and, and he was a woman. He was... Okay, anybody else? No. Anybody I want to thank our audience for listening. Uh... Yeah, uh, and don't forget to reach out to us on social media um, at fuck underscore your yo underscore feelings. Um, you can also use the hashtag. Um, I've, I watch the hashtag as well. You can DM us, or you can um, send us Facebook Messenger. Any of that stuff, we will respond. And please, if you got any comments, let us know. Any topic, show topic ideas, please let us know. We will definitely appreciate any uh, suggestions. Anybody want to leave their social? No. It's not to get tagged in the videos. Oh, well. Fuck it. We're going to use it anyway. So thank you. Uh, As Smitty just said, thank you everybody for listening. And as always, fuck your feelings. One.